Imagine a debt-free life for a moment. It sounds amazing, right? Or you may also at the same time have a feeling of, oh my gosh, that sounds impossible too. Well, I'm here to tell you that that debt-free life for you is possible. The thing is, the path to get here is going to be different from one person than it is for another. It may be a longer path for some or a shorter path for others. And I've got a really special guest today who has walked that path, who has shared your similar struggles. And we're going to be talking about her own insights, what she has learned, and how you can have that debt-free life. So stay tuned. You are listening to Her Dinero Matters, the podcast helping Latinas have increased confidence and control over their finances. My name is Jen Hempel, and as an accredited financial counselor, my mission is to help you be more confident and simplify your finances so you can save more, get out of debt quicker, and build your wealth. According to a 2023 survey done by Clever, over 61% of Americans are in credit card debt. That is three out of every five Americans. And of course, with the higher interest rates, it makes everything even more challenging. But the reality is that even with that, a debt-free life is possible. Our guest, Mayra Garcia, is a thriving example of what is possible. She herself has struggled with debt and has really walked the path of trying to dig herself out of debt. A part of that has been a lot of struggles, but eventually she was able to dig herself out of debt and really have that debt-free life. And that's why I wanted to bring her on because I know you're going to relate to the story and you're going to absolutely love Maida. Now, Maida Garcia, she is a financial educator and coach that teaches about how to have that debt-free lifestyle. She's also the voice behind the podcast, Debt-Free Latina. So let's go ahead and meet Maida now. Bienvenida, Mayra. I'm so thrilled to have you here. It's about time. You've been podcast podcasting for a bit as Debt Free Latina, and I think that's how we connected uh, somewhere around, along in the world of podcasting. So welcome. I'm excited to connect with you more, get to know more about you and your money story. Thank welcome. you so much for having me, Jen. It's a pleasure. So let's get started with, if you could take us back in time, Maida, to maybe a time and whether you were a little girl where there was something that you experienced that really impacted. So when you think about today, the present day, and you think about your finances, or even maybe five, 10 years ago, that that experience, what you witnessed, what you heard really impacted how you view your money. So take us back. So I remember vividly what made me really look into budgeting as an adult. So I was about 14 years old and my, I was studying for a final and the power went out and it wasn't because my mom didn't have the money to pay the power bill. It was because my mom was disorganized and forgot to pay the power bill. So I told her I'd help her, although I had no idea how to do this. 
I told her, can you show me how to write a check? Can you sign a couple of blank checks? And when I see the bill come in the mail, since I was the first one home after school, I would get the mail. I said, so when I see a you know bill come through, I'm just going to write a check and mail it out. And then she's like, sounds like a great idea. So I just started taking over writing checks for my mom at 14. At 14. Because I okay. was so angry that day that I went out to the streetlights to study because we couldn't get the power turned on that same day. We had to wait a whole nother day for them to, even though my mom paid all the fees right away and the late fee and all of that, it was like, nope, you have to wait for somebody to come out there and turn it back on. And so when you came, so later on, so that obviously impacted you. And so as an adult, you said about college, you started looking at budgeting. Yeah. So take us, you know, so fast, fast forward, forward how that came to play and yes, later so on. Fast forward to 2010. I'm an adult, I'm married, I have my kids. Okay. And I come across a class at our church that was teaching about finances. And I thought, you know, this is, I don't know anything. I'm just doing what I can. I, we were in debt. We were, you know, following, I followed my mom's steps, right? I mean, I wasn't disorganized, but I still didn't know anything about how to manage money. And so that was like the beginning of me just like, oh, maybe there's something here. And so I took the class after fighting with my husband because he didn't want to join me. And <laughs> it's the truth. We had a really big fight. And I just remember thinking, with voy sola. Like, I don't care. I'm going to figure this out. But he, at the very last minute, he ended up joining me. And um, yeah, so that was like the beginning. And after that, I was hooked. And, but what did, what prompted you to say, um, is it because you saw the sign of the class, I think you said at a church, or was it an experience that you had at that time that you're like, oh, I can't take this anymore? Or what was it that this, you decided, or you just were just kind of reflecting, maybe we should do something different. Maybe I should learn about this. What was it about that time, point in time in your life that you decided we need to do something? Yeah, it was actually a few things. So I knew that we had a really big mortgage payment. I knew that, but I didn't know like what parameters are normal. I didn't know anything like that. I just knew that we we had this really big mortgage. And at the time, we had a very modest income. And so that was my number one like like red flag. Like something's not right here. We're always struggling. We're always struggling to make ends meet. And then the second thing was when I saw that sign in the hallway of our church and I just thought, Maybe there's something here. I, I feel like we need to participate in this. That was both of those things. And and just to fast forward a little bit, we did decide to sell our home because it was nearly 50% of our take-home pay. That's huge. Yeah. And that's that makes a difference, especially when there's maintenance mm -hmm. <laughs> down the line. It's a lot. And so you started, you took these classes and tell us about what happened next what happened after you took those classes was there a significant change did it take a while because i know me i mean i was reading and and all the books but i don't think i really implement well i implemented things little by little but for me i didn't realize what was holding me back till like 10 years into our marriage so it was like yes when we got married i was all about the finances but I didn't see a change. So I'm curious, you know, from when you started taking the classes, how long, because sometimes we just have the information and life happens and maybe we just don't implement or there's something always holding us back. 
So what was it? What did this look like for you? So it took us into like, we had never done a budget before. Like I would write all my bills down, but I didn't yet. It was more like a checklist. And it was like, okay, all of these. So then we have all this free money, but there wasn't much left over. And then we would blow through it and never pay down on our bills and like our debt. Right. So that was like one thing we did once we got organized and got our budget in order my husband got a second job um i started couponing and i started like extreme couponing i mean i had tons of product and i had a whole closet full of product and i felt like i know i can't get a second job because i have littles at home but i thought what can i do while my husband's out working a second job to try to pay down on this debt And so it took us 17 months and it actually was going to take us a lot longer. But unfortunately, we had a huge hailstorm here in Phoenix and our car was completely damaged. And so we were able to get like an insurance check and that kind of helped us kind of move along. And so because we had a plan, we knew exactly where to put the money when it came in. That's awesome. And speaking of extreme uh, couponing, side note, I'm derailing the interview mm-hmm. here, but I saw this movie. I don't know if you've seen it. Seen it. it was a different take on couponing. So this woman uh, was this was this ex- extreme couponer, and I think she was just unhappy with her life. Not, I mean, that was one of the things. And her and a friend ended up. Yes, they were couponing, but they ended up being able to, they would go drive down. They were in Arizona, mind you. This was staged in Arizona. And they would drive to Mexico. And from there, they would get these extra coupons that that had for free items. And they would sell them. So they committed fraud. But yeah, so it's just an interesting story of how this one couponer just they created a very lucrative business in selling these coupons, which was definitely fraud, but it just took through that story and it just reminded me of that. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Heard I of can't it, even recall I'm, the I'm name of the movie. My interest now. I'll have to share that with you whenever I remember the, remember the name. Um, but I just thought it was an interesting speaking of couponing. So let's go back. I derailed the interview. So you've started uh, changing your life. You had uh, an, an influx of money that was that allowed you to pay your debt off faster. So from if we go back to your childhood, I know you shared with me there there was a level of money wasn't talked about. There was a level of shame. Did that show up even after that, or once you took that class and things were going well? How has it shown up? In it's your shown life up in terms of shame yeah, and money. I think it's- more of the scarcity mindset that my parents have that's what shows up a mm-hmm. lot more I don't feel like there's a whole lot of shame in not knowing because I mean they didn't know what they didn't know and I don't really blame right. my parents for not teaching me about money I think it's more of the the mindset that they had around money that still kind of triggers me sometimes and so I would say that comes up quite a bit and throughout different coaching programs that I've done it feels like that keeps coming up like I've had to really work on my scarcity and just feeling like there's a limit on what I can earn there's a limit on what can happen like it's just really interesting where it comes up because it's come up quite a bit in different different topics yeah and and it does for me too I think it's just a work that's always going to be a work in progress and like you said different things can 
trigger because you feel like, oh, I'm moving in the right direction. And you completely are, but then life throws you a brick or something. And then you have to, and it just comes up again. And then you have to pick yourself up again. And it's always such a work in progress. And for me, I didn't realize how much of an impact this had until like later on in life. And that itself held me back in so much, but I'm glad you, you can, you're continuing to do the work and I, you have a family, you, you have kids. And since money wasn't talked about in mm -hmm. your family, what are, you know, have you changed up? Suppose you're a coach. So <laughs> uh, what changes have you made? And also it sounds like your husband, Mm -hmm. is on board with the finances. So what are what are some of the things that you have changed in your family, whether in with your spouse, uh, with your kids that you didn't see growing up? Well, we talk a lot about money openly. It's not a taboo topic in our home like it was when I was growing up. However, very interesting that you tell me this or you ask me this because just a few weeks ago, we had a very interesting conversation with our youngest, who is now 18. And she was saying mm. that we went overboard talking about money. She's like, there are two extremes, mom, and you're the complete opposite of your parents. And you talk about money too much. And she says that she has a level mm. of, you know, like, re like she wants to refrain from talking about it so much. She says, if you're discussing a trip with dad, I don't want that to be like in the living room or somewhere I could hear what's going on or how you guys are going to move money around in your budget. Like it makes me feel like maybe we shouldn't go or maybe, and I'm like, no, I'm just trying to brainstorm before our normal meeting. Like if this is something we want to do now versus wait until we have our you know budget meeting, like I just talk about it so nonchalantly, I guess. And she says, like, I understand that we need to budget. I understand that you want me to stay out of debt. I understand all these things, but like, ya parale. And so it was really interesting to hear that because I was like, what? And so we had a, a conversation with my sister where she kind of came in and, and also she's like, I don't understand that viewpoint, but I want to learn more. And so she had a follow-up conversation with her because she thought I, as my sister, she's like, I thought you were doing such a great job. And so it was just interesting to see in the feedback, right? Yeah, it is interesting. And, and, you know, as a parent, I can I can totally see that because we I feel and in terms of my own experience with raising our two boys, I feel like we, you know, we focus on giving what we didn't receive or what we felt that we needed growing mm -hmm. up. Right. And I feel like I question if I've gone overboard. I, you know, I went, I was, I grew up in a household that was super strict, mm -hmm. right? And I didn't want that for my kids because later on, guess what I did? Going from super uh, strict, I became a rebel, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? So I didn't want that with my kids. And so I, even though they're not that, that's, this is not to say they can do anything that they want, but I feel like, hmm, should, you know, did I go from one extreme to the other? <laughs> and the same, you know, with finances, we, we talk finances, but I'll be honest, I'm, I don't know if I'm getting, you know, really, it's really connecting with them. And I'm like, this is what I do for mm -hmm. a living. All right. Uh, so I think, and I don't know if you agree, I just think we just focus on what we 
felt like we didn't receive or what we needed. And I'm just wondering, like, because we're just doing the best that we can, <laughs> right? And I mean, you're doing, you're talking about it because you, 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 you didn't hear it, but I don't, it's hard to say because like it, they receive it differently, mm -hmm. right? It's just, and I don't know the right way to do it. Yeah, I, you know, what's really interesting is that both my kids are so different too. Like, I feel like it was yeah. received really well with my oldest, who's 22. Like, he's done a really good job at managing his money and, you know, going through college. And now it's like, oh, I have to parent a little differently with my youngest. It's just, it is. each personality is so different. You're right. You're right. Looking at looking at my two boys and, and how uh, different they are. Now, with, you know, I've mentioned that you have a podcast called Debt Free Latina. So for you listening, definitely check that out. Check it out. You're also a money coach. So in your podcast, as hence the name Debt Free Latina, your focus is really about helping people get out of debt. So in doing that, what has been your driver was it for doing this? Has as, Have you been driven to really focus on the debt-free life, if you will, because of your experience with debt? And also with those lines, what have you seen? Um, well, let's just go to, to this. What, what, let's start with a driver. What really drew you? What really drove you to focus on being debt-free, teaching others about being debt-free? Well, my primary driver was when I looked at, is there people talking about money in our community? There really weren't many of us. And mm -mm. there really isn't a whole lot talking specifically to like the first gen Latina, maybe a bilingual person that just is in between the two worlds. And so for me, I felt like becoming debt free in 2012 was able to enable me to focus on just wealth building. So I feel like I love talking about the whole debt-free lifestyle. So yes, I do talk lifestyle, but I also talk about like the journey of debt freedom. Like it's a hard one. Like it's, it's not an easy one. And it's not one that can't be done without like having a strong why, having good goals, and, and really talking about the mindset, it's like a multiple, you have to have all those things kind of in order for you to be successful through the journey. And so those are the types of topics that I talk about because the going gets hard. Right. Absolutely. And what have you seen when it goes, when it comes to going through the journey of paying off your debt? What has been the biggest obstacle, especially in our community what, that you have seen? The observed? biggest challenge I would say is shame mindset. Mm -hmm. And um, the practical strategies are things that could be taught. And those are skills that are like that anybody can learn. But it's like, sometimes right. we have trauma from our, you know, the way we grew up or seeing a parent struggle or having, you know, just hardship, you know, throughout our life that sometimes it feels overwhelming to even look at our numbers. Right. It's interesting how the biggest challenge is people don't really know how much they owe. Like they don't know the total number of debt that they have. Right. And and like you said, the the skill set or the the how to is not the hard part. It was it's what goes in between your mind. And I've, you know, in talking to different people, it's like even just getting over that hump of just looking at the numbers and because they fear 
you're fearing what you don't mm-hmm. know. And once you know, it might not be as bad as you think, or if it is, you know, and then you just know where you have that starting, you know, where to start from and, and you can move. So how, how have you helped people navigate? Because the mind is, that's, you know, <laughs> what's in that mind is the most challenging yeah, part. So one of the things that I do is I start with a financial diagnostic. So I ask about goals. I ask about whys. I ask about what does the picture look like? And so once I kind of see the ebbs and flows of how the money comes in and what's stressing people out, sometimes it's like, hey, you know what? Your car payment needs to be in the middle of the month because all of your bills are at the beginning and that one check you get in the first half isn't enough. And there's a lot of things where I can kind of see what the the money story is as far as like, the because the numbers don't lie, right? They're pretty black right. and white. But then there's the mindset piece where it's like, okay, well, tell me about a time where maybe this was hard because this seems to be hard for you right now. And so then I just kind of start pulling from the conversations that we're having and really getting down to where's the shame coming from? Why is like the mindset or the scarcity mindset really strong? Like when that's there, it's like, whew, I can relate because I've been there. And so there's just a lot of different things. Everybody's on a different journey. And that's what's weird that everybody has like a different amount that they owe, a different goal. Like some people are like, hey, I just want to be debt free so I could go back to school. And I was like, yes. Or you know what? I just want to be debt free and I want to be a stay at home mom. It's like, well, everybody has so many different goals. And what is success to you is only for you to decide. Absolutely. Because we have all the stuff being thrown at us in the media or on social media of, you know, whether getting out of debt or saving or, or what wealth really look, you know, what wealth looks like, but I'm like, you decide your story and what that looks like. If you have to, you know, cause I'm all about defining just balance. And like you said, what that, you know, what that success means to you, but it's going to be a different path for everybody. It's Mm -hmm. unique and we have to embrace that. And we can't just let those things that we see on social media or in the news derail us because we're comparing. I don't know if you see that a lot, but we tend to like, oh, well, that's not me right now. I'm a failure. No, (laughs) that's just a story. It's not your story, Mm -hmm. you know? And what I really appreciate too, and I'm so glad that you are here and that you're a podcaster, that you're Latina, that you're talking to Latinos because we need more and more people. And I've seen uh, a shift, you know, because when I started, I didn't see <laughs> other Latinas, especially in the podcasting space. And that that has grown, which I'm excited about. What have you seen? Because I have seen it evolve since I, I think the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like there has been that shift of more people talking about money in our community. What have you seen a shift or or improve or what makes you hopeful because our community tends to be the ones that spends the most. We're great consumers Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we buy a lot, but we don't necessarily save the most. So I think there's been a shift in a lot of people are getting into minimalism and Mm. that's kind of stopping some of the mindset of consuming and looking at Instagram and buying off of TikTok shop and all the things that just comes to your screen, right? 
I've definitely adopted a little bit of the minimalism. I'm not a complete minimalist, but I have adopted a lot of that throughout my house. Like I don't have a whole lot of stuff. And so one of the things that I've seen is that, and I've also seen like when you have a friend that is doing really well at work, you can kind of tell because they're not stressed. So then the word spreads Mm. about like, what are you doing? Right. How do you do that? And so I'm finding that people find my podcast because somebody at work told them about it or a good friend told them about it. So, you know, dime con quien andas y te diré quien eres was not a saying (laughs) that my mom just, you know, (laughs) would say all the time. It's like really it really does matter. Like when you start hanging out with people that are doing really well, or that are at least doing making an effort, like it really inspires you to try to do the same. I've kind of seen a little bit of a shift because inflation is crazy. It's so crazy right now. Like I've had the last few uh, customers that I've had, it's like, the clients are like, I cannot believe how much food is like, I've heard that two or three times in the past month. And I'm like, I know. And unfortunately, we don't know if this is going to end soon. So, you know, we need to plan for these things because you need food. (laughs) Yeah, we definitely need food. I I mean, I have to eat. I don't shy away from eating food. And to wrap this up, because I know we could go on and on and talking to wrap this up when it comes to debt, because that is, you know, one of your, your big focuses. What would, for someone, that person listening right at this very moment that's maybe struggling with debt, maybe struggling with credit card debt, that we know those Mm -hmm. interest rates are are high, what would you say, what are some tips that you would give that person to just help them, encourage them, and just get on a path for them to see some progress with, especially with credit cards being, you know, again, the interest rate is high and depending on, I, I'm just going to yeah. let you answer that because I will go on and on. No, and on. you're fine. I think one of the really quick ways to really get control when you feel out of control is to pull cash out because when you have the mm. cash, it's really interesting how, when you see it and you feel it, it really affects your psyche in a different way than a debit card. Even if it's a debit card and it comes out of your bank right away, there's nothing like hard cash. And so if you're trying to limit like eating out is like the number one category people tend to overspend on, like that is, you know, you pull out a certain amount that you feel is right for you and your family. And then you see how that works for you and whether you need to bring it up or down the next few weeks, then that's something you can reassess. But for, you know, like quick, quick control is the envelope system. And of course, taking it up a bu- uh, to like a budget and really budgeting for like toiletries and cosmetics and daycare and all the things that sometimes you don't feel like are an expense until it's too late. And then you're like, oh, oh yeah, I have that too. I just planned out all the bills, right? All the monthly regular stuff that comes like the mortgage utilities and credit cards and things like that. Awesome. So basically control your spending so you don't increase the debt and that way you can focus that's, on just uh on yeah that's that one down. strategy that what... and i think that there's two sides okay. to the equation right so you can control mm-hmm. like your spending by having it cash and then the number that the most important part that i try to coach people through is find ways to earn more income oh yes absolutely 
hands down. That's going to be a, a, a faster way, especially especially with such high interest rates and depending, like if you have a high balance, it's hard to see the progress if you're paying the minimum and maybe just a little more because that's what that's all you can do at the time, right? It, it's going to feel like a never ending, like you, you just, you don't see that light at the end of the tunnel, but just what you mentioned, controlling and what you spend and then also increasing your income is huge, is huge. So I really appreciate you being here, Maida, and I really appreciate all you shared. Any other parting thoughts before we wrap, no, wrap it I up? No, I think um, find the support that you need. There are so many of us out there and find the person that if you are thinking of getting control of your money, there are so many of us willing to help get you on the right path. So don't feel alone. Like there's a lot of us that can help. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Maida. Te aprecio. We will chat again. I hope this conversation with Maida motivated you, that it uplifted you, that allowed you to see what is possible, that allowed you to embrace or allows you to embrace that your path is going to be different from someone else's. Just you have to remember your path may be longer, it may be shorter, whatever path that may be, the end goal is maybe a debt-free lifestyle, right? The end goal may be building wealth, whatever that may be, whatever that end goal is, you're going to get there. It doesn't matter which path you get or which path you take. What matters is that you move that you take steps forward and that you are willing to pick yourself back up when the going gets tough because the going will get tough. That's just life. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I encourage you to really connect more with Maida. I have the links in the show notes to listen to her podcast, Debt-Free Latina. I know I was a a guest. I had the opportunity of being a guest. I'll also make sure to link up that episode. Next week on the podcast, I'm going to be doing a solo episode where I'm just answering questions from you. So stay tuned for that. Bueno, pues, that is everything. Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. I know you have a lot of podcasts to choose from, but you chose this one. You can check out the show notes over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 387. That is jenhemphill.com forward slash 387. And if you really, really enjoyed today's topic, today's episode, you're also going to find in the show notes some recommendations of similar episodes. So that's another bonus of the the show notes. So make sure you check those out. Remember, being the reina of your money starts now simply by claiming it. I believe in you and so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.